Okay, hello! Welcome to episode 44 of Sack King's Therapy. Before we get into it, let me introduce you guys to the co-host that I have not been properly introducing for a while, Fong. Oh no, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, I just get tangled with my words, and yeah, I just then I've all of a sudden I'm just like, oh, oh hi, Fong's also here. So, but so, but today I'm going to formally introduce you. Well, uh, so uh, we just finished the Phoenix versus uh, Kings game on. December 26th. This is the first of a back-to-back. They will be playing the Suns again tomorrow, but we're going to talk about what just happened. So, uh, Kings beat uh, the Phoenix Suns uh, 106-103. We'll we'll kind of go through it quarter by quarter. So, uh, Kings in the first quarter start off 15-2. It was pretty crazy. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I unfortunately missed it because I was was having dinner. So, but, you know, um, Suns kind of fight back. They start to, you know, make shots. Um, but what I've noticed was that there was just good defense throughout with, by the Kings. You know, they're rotating. They're communicating. You can actually hear a bunch of, like, people talking on the court. And I assume, like, it's the Kings. Is They're just, like, yelling out stuff. And I, I'm just going to assume that it's defensive assignments and defensive rotations. Uh, what were your thoughts about the first quarter? Yeah, I was lucky to watch the first quarter because, you know, I think my internet was cutting out with the streams. But uh, I got to say, I haven't seen this from the Kings in a while, where we play fast, play, I I would say, pretty efficiently. And uh, the defense as well, I think, has took many steps up from what we've seen in the uh, preseason and previous seasons. And uh, (laughs) okay, that's a tongue twister. but. yeah, but for sure, especially from uh, one person, I'd say, and that's Buddy Heald. He's really stepped up his defense. Yeah, and we, we'll get into it in a bit, but like he was on Devin Booker the whole game, and you know he did a good job on Devin Booker. Like it's not like Devin just straight up, you know, abused that matchup. Like he played okay, but like you got to give credit to Buddy for you know like trying and actually being able to you know hold him to a reasonable, basically make Devin Booker work for it. Um, yeah. Uh, well, we're going to talk about your favorite player, Hassan Whiteside. He was scoring really well in the first quarter on, you know, little bunnies. Basically, there, he's also had some nice little post moves where he just shot over Damian Jones. Yeah, <laughs> he, he was playing nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. <laughs> but, but, but for this game, for sure, he, he has shown that. I don't know the, what the word is, but he he's shown that he could play that offense and block shots like he should do. Yeah, as much as like we don't like the way he plays, he do, he is big, he is long, and he can protect the rim. Like that is those are real skills. And again, he is big, so literally he just shoots over people. It just overpowers like you know smaller players like it's nothing. But yeah, he does. He does have a tangible role, and he can be effective in like you know stretches. And so in this game, he was fine. He was really, he was actually really good. I thought. Um, <laughs> you 
know, Kings, uh, Kings do do a lot of switching on defense. That's something I've noticed uh, with them. I guess that's kind of their new strategy with uh, Rex kind of, you know, manning the defensive schemes. So it's something to look forward to. And, you know, it's been effective. Like, you know, when a small in this game specifically, like Buddy Heald uh, multiple times was switched on to Aiden. And, you know, Buddy was fighting and fronting him, but you also had the backline defense to protect, you know, the lob. So it was just really good, really nice to see the defense fight, I guess, and rotate. Yeah, they they really kept Aiden down for pr- pretty much the most of it throughout this game, I'd say. Yeah, all the credit in the world to the Kings defense. And, you know, you can't you can't discount the fact that he held himself down as well. So, you know. Uh, so Kings uh, end the end the first quarter, thirty-one to twenty-five. It was a pr- pretty even game for the most part, and yeah, uh, to start the second quarter, Kings start out pretty sloppy. I thought there were a few, there were a number of turnovers, they were missing shots, they were kind of, you know, not passing it all that much. So you know, and K- Suns took advantage; they made f- plays and forced turnovers. Um, they also start. I think they started out with zone, but like as soon as I noticed, they, they like they were in zone and they were they were giving up open shots. But luckily, they didn't really go down as much. Um, their offense gets a little stagnant, but they still ultimately made a play at the end. Like whether it's like a guy just driving and just drawing a foul, but like it was getting really stagnant. The ball movement just wasn't there from what I was looking. Um, Another thing I've noticed, Cameron Payne. Now, do you have you ever heard of this man? Yeah, I've heard of him. But... I didn't know he was good. <laughs> when did he get good? To be honest, I don't remember. I I forgot the last time I'd seen him. Probably what OKC, maybe. He was with Chicago for a bit, but you know, I've I've had her, I had heard whispers of him like becoming really good, especially in the bubble. He was really good in the bubble. I thought those were just exaggerations and rumors, but no, he he's good. Like he he was running the pick and roll. He was he 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 really got Hassan Whiteside on on like one of on a drive where he faked it and then you know got basically froze Hassan and got a layup. But you know Hassan did did block <laughs> him a few times. You know he, he did he did his part. But Cameron Payne he was hitting some tough shots in the first quarter and the second quarter. Like where was this guy? Yeah, I, w- I was going to say that he might be the king's killer this game, but luckily, I don't think he uh, did too much towards the end of the game, but yeah, he, he was making shots that I didn't expect him to make. Yes, so he was four for seven, and I think mo- those shots were both, at, though, all four shots were in the first and second quarter. Because I don't remember, he did not score, I don't think, in the second qu- in the second half at all. But he was torching us. He was kind of keeping them in the game. Like, I thought, yeah, I thought he, I agree. He, I thought he was going to be the Kings killer in this game. But <laughs> luckily, it didn't happen. Uh, Kings offense, you know, they, it started picking back up. Ball movement started returning. Uh, at the 420 mark, ha ha ha. Uh, I think it was Doug Christie um, uh, brought the stat: 12 assists on 19 shots. Oh God, sorry for the burp. No, that's fine because that sounds really good. And I, I gotta say, I think we we gotta give uh, Halburn all the love in the world because he has played his heart out. I'd say. Yeah, and I just noticed, like, you know, usually, I, th- I just remember last year, like, we would pass the ball around the perimeter, 
it would get to probably the corner of the wing, and then somebody would just start dribbling. Dribble, 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 and settles for like a, you know, a long contested jump shot. But with Halliburton there, once it gets to Halliburton, he'll probe and find an opening somehow. I don't know how he does it, but he just seems to have a knack for that. And yeah, he's he's just been great. He is he is Lamelo Ball to me without the bad parts of Lamelo Ball. Mm-hmm. I mean, so far we haven't seen too much offensive ability from him, but you know his assist numbers really shine for most parts of when he plays. The main thing I look for him, look for him in is that he never tries to do too much. He only tries to, you know, do what he can and not force anything. And I love that about him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I have no complaints about what he's doing at all. I hope he keeps this up because he is essentially the designated like ball mover. And oh, yeah. So, yeah, I'm re- I'm loving Halliburton. He's, again, how did he drop to the 12th? I have no clue because he was slated as like the top five in a lot of, dra- in a lot of, a lot of mock drafts uh, going up to the draft. Yeah. Huh. So, yeah, as, as we mentioned before, the, the new energy from Buddy on the defensive end and him ha- being on Booker for most of the game up to this point, like, you know, he, he's really working for it. And I, I love it. Like he didn't shoot well this game, but like it, you, you still felt he was out there. And, if, and last year, if he was not scoring, he would have been actually taken out of the game because Luke didn't uh, trust in his defense. But like at least like I felt he was out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you could see it from some plays too as well that yeah, he's like, actually yeah, give me a he, shit. Yeah, he shot four for fourteen, but somehow it was a plus one. That that shows you something. <laughs> okay. Well, moving on to the third quarter. Uh, by the way, uh, Chris Paul hit a buzzer-beating three that didn't count because it was in his hands, and it didn't count. That will be a theme going forward. Uh, <laughs> uh, to open a third, Kings moving, not moving the ball as well. Again, it just seems to just happen sometimes where they, and then they settle for very, I just say not co- totally contested shots, but like you know, very meh shots where they're kind of open and a guy's kind of in front of you and you know they weren't making those shots so that's where the game kind of started to slip away but the kings were able to stabilize themselves and kind of fight back and that is the part where i like this change because you know especially like begin in the beginning of the like during the bad stretches of last year this is where the kings would have died basically they would have like let let off a 20 to run or something like that and that that's where the game would slip from them but not here they managed to you know stabilize a little bit uh sons did take the lead at one point but we punched right back yeah uh, th- thank goodness because getting sick and tired of uh whatchamacallit seeing the dirt quarter fall for the kings but yeah this game it was really fun to watch them in the second half because it wasn't so fun uh, previous seasons, I'd say. Yeah, and you know they again they were just fighting. And speaking of fighting, well, he didn't get into a physical fight, but Marvin Marvin Bagley, the man who, whose name is not Luka Doncic, like really good at drawing fouls, <laughs> really good at just getting to the basket and just you know being a beast, basically. Like mm-hmm. he he just kind of you know rams himself in there and it, you know he'll just draw fouls because he is a fluid athlete and he is you know a guy that can you know get to his spots and just kind of 
overpower uh, a lot of players. And yeah, it's it was really nice to see. And you know, he had beastly rebounds where he would just grab he would just grab offensive rebounds and fight for it. And this is what I want to see: just you know, fight from the Kings. You know, hustle. And yeah, it was great to see. We really out rebounded uh, the the Suns by a lot in this game, and Marvin was a big part of that. Yeah, you could really tell by how much he has like improved in every aspect of his game from you know previous couple seasons as well. Um, I gotta say, actually, no, I don't, I can't think of anything bad about it so far. Well, unfortunately, I can, and I hate to be the negative Nancy. The jump shot needs work. It's, it's okay. got to be. It's got to <laughs> kind of. It's gonna need some work. It, you know, guys aren't exactly defending him out there, and it's not exactly going down either. So it's mm-hmm. something he'll need, definitely need to work on his free throw shooting. Uh, let me see what he ended up with. He was, let's see, he was three for seven from the free throw line, which I don't like to see. Uh, I like to see him improve on that number. Yeah, the jump shot I think will get there, but yeah, he's been not been hitting it. I think he just needs to kind of get back into the groove. You know, he has not played many games over the past year, and he literally just came back. So, yeah, you know, and also like you know, I it it wasn't anything egregious, but like his lateral speed right now isn't where it needs to be either. And I I'm let's hopefully like he fixes that. Like he theoretically should be a really good wing defender. I think like a nimble perimeter defender for a big man and yeah but right now is is not there yet he's a little bit slow footed and yeah it's something to kind of keep an eye on oh yeah he'll eventually get there i believe yes i believe in marvin uh your favorite player hassan whiteside played very well in the third quarter just kind of getting rebounds and getting fouled because he is big and he will just reach out and grab rebounds he jumped on a rebound which shocked oh. me Oh yeah, he, wow. He actually jumped on a rebound and you know, like he he didn't miss both free throws, but like he was a presence. You felt him down there. And he got a block on Cameron Payne too. Like he, you know, for all the things we say about him, he is he can be effective in certain spots. And like yeah. him just being long and big down there has its value. And again, he is big, so like he'll just get offensive rebounds by just standing there, basically. Oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, Halliburton continues to play well, and yeah, he just he's just a designated ball mover. Like you have ball stoppers that you know on a lot of teams, Tyrese is the absolute opposite of a ball stopper. He get he gets the ball moving. He tries to probe if he can, and you know he's not he he's just looking to pass, and he always seems to be able to find an opening somewhere to like create an opening, and it's great to see. Oh yeah. It- he made some crazy passes this game as well. Okay, well, moving on to... Oh, but before we move on to the fourth, uh, Chris Paul hit another three, and it didn't count again because he, <laughs> he let it off late. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know if it's actually a thing, but, like, there are a lot of players who won't shoot at the end of the buzzer to protect their three-point percentage. I don't know if that was what Chris Paul was doing. It's just, like, that's... Yeah, he just didn't, he just didn't let it go in time. Uh, I don't know. I I can't tell. I, I'm gonna have to rewatch those. Yeah, probably can't now. But uh, it seemed like he got it off. Like, I uh, yeah, in real time it looked like he got it off, but on the replay, he didn't. Yeah, luckily for us. And yeah, I just think like you know, 
I think I think it was just because like he was trying to draw fouls or trying to find that quote unquote opening. But you know, and again, this shot didn't count. So and good for us. We only ended up losing by we went we won by three. So maybe it mattered. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, six points is a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh. So on the in the fourth quarter, uh, Chris Paul kind of opens the kind of starts to open the quarter by, you know, working his magic, kind of kind of basically running the pick and roll with Aiden. He actually got Aiden some, uh, you know, basically the ball, like going towards the basket and he drew a few fouls. He got an, he got an and one. Basically, uh, DeAndre Aiden had been playing pretty poorly up to this point, And here was where I thought he was going to turn it on for the fourth. He didn't. <laughs> he, he did have some buckets, but like he didn't really take over or anything. So, you know, he needs to kind of maybe he just needs to kind of work on his game too. He did have five fouls pretty in, like in the middle of the fourth, which you know I, at that point I think he was he started to get a little gun shy. But you know, DeAndre definitely needs some counseling and some coaching from Chris Paul, from what it looks like. <laughs> Another note I have: uh, I said on the last episode, De'Aaron Fox has mastered the art of the cheap fouls. Well, guess what? Devin Booker has also mastered that. Uh, he actually got a few fouls <laughs> where he basically just ran into guys and then just kind of threw it through the ball up. There was one he tried against Marvin, I think, in the third quarter or maybe in the early fourth. And Marvin just kind of got out of the way. And, you know, he's on the floor kind of crying about it, basically, or, you know, yelling about it. You know, sure, I, that might be a foul, but, like, you initiated contact. I don't know. Um. Glenn Robinson the third, he was leaking out quite a bit. Um, he had two bat, he had two possessions where as soon as the shot missed for the Suns, he was off to the other side, and he got a real, and you know he got a, and he got fouled on one of them, and then the other one he missed an open three, but like you know it really put a lot of pressure on the uh, transition defense of the Suns. Um, oh, also he had had a beautiful alley oop from uh, Tyrese. Oh yeah, that was a nice pass. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still surprised. I'm going to be still surprised that we still have Glenn Robinson till this day, to be honest. I just, I'm just not sure why he signed with the Kings because a lot of, I'm, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts. A lot of people like were saying like, why is this guy still a free agent? Why is this guy still a free agent? They're like, a lot of title contenders could use a kind of theoretical three and D wing like him. And then mm -hmm. for him to sign the minimum with the Kings, I always thought that was odd. And, you know, I've heard rumblings that maybe there was some injury concern with him, but he seems fine. So yeah. I, I don't know what I don't know what the deal is. Well, maybe yeah, we'll research and we'll find out, but let's move on. <laughs> um, so Doug Christie, um, I think it was Doug Christie or Mark Jones. I don't remember who, but Kings were actually plus 15 on rebounds. And let's see, they ended with, uh, let me see, 56 and four. So they ended up plus 16 on rebounds for the game. And as we mentioned earlier, we, a lot of uh, Marvin and Rashawn and Hassan Whiteside were beasting and feasting on offensive rebounds. And mm -hmm. at, yeah, they, we ended up being plus 16 for the game. And yeah, it was really nice to see the Kings play with that kind of hustle. Again, we didn't see, I don't remember seeing this last year where guys would just fight for the board like the way they did. Granted, we didn't have really have the guys to do that. Rashad was really the only one, and, you know, Marvin didn't really play. So, but yeah, so it's nice to see Marvin come back. And, you know, Hassan Whiteside, again, just being tall. 
Yeah, you can even see some in the front court too, uh, fighting for some rebounds as well. <laughs> yeah, like you know, uh, what's it called? Uh, Barnes was also fighting for some of them. Like you know, they were in there trying to get a hand on balls, and it was just bounced to a Kings player. So again, just nice to see the Kings fight for it. Mm -hmm. uh, Kings, you know, play tough defense to end the game. They did give up a few open shots, but like they made the, they made the Suns work for it. There was one possession. Remember how I said last last uh, in the last episode, the Kings always do this thing where they rotate to the shoot, they double on someone, they rotate to the shooter, and then the sh and then there's another guy who rotates the other open shooter, and then it kind of stops right there. Well, <laughs> yeah. in this game. Uh, there was one specific possession. It did ultimately end up in a Jay Crowder three, but you know, Buddy was there. But like, basically, there was one rotation, the second rotation, the third rotation, the fourth rotation, and the, you know, the shot ended up missing. But it just ultimately ended up in Jay Crowder's hands, and he nailed the three off off the offensive rebound. There's not much you can do about that, but that was nice to see. Just like the Kings being able to communicate and rotate properly. Yeah, another thing that I'm glad that the Kings are doing as well. So uh, at the end of the game, Buddy just misses a few free throws was another note I had. But uh, before, right before that, um, Kings ball movement and crunch time comes to a complete halt. And it just became Fox iso ball. Now, it, in one possession, it was ugly. It, Fox just settled for a contestant mid-range jumper. But Rashawn was a beast down low and he got the rebound. Uh, another another possession. Basically, um, the Fox isos again. I think on Jay Crowder, and basically somehow and basically catches uh, Barnes cutting to the rim, who misses the shot. But Rashawn is a beast again, and and you know gets fouled on the rebound, and that was basically where the game ended. And yeah, um, Kings ultimately um, are able to hold on, and they escape this game with the win. Oh yeah, uh, surprised that we won this game as well, especially knowing uh, how much the Suns have like built up from last year as, as well. Yeah, like the Suns are a good team, I think, and it, it's I think this is a very impressive win for the Kings, just because like this is a team that really we I would have never really had us beating, and be us being able to almost control the game for as long as we did, and being able to you know fight back, it's a it, it's a very positive sign. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I I will say I am a little bit conflicted on whether I want the Kings to win or not, but. A win is always good. And, you know, mm -hmm. it's good basketball that we're playing. Uh, I guess the one other win I would want to win against is the Lakers, which I don't remember what that's a tough. That's a tough one. I think yeah. it's going to be really down the line. And well, that's going to be tough. The Lakers look like they look like the champions. Like, mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, if we beat them. That's a that's a huge win for us. But. Yeah, you know, well, that we'll we'll come to that when it when it actually happens. So, um, another quick piece of news: uh, Jerry Reynolds gets a media entrance named after him because of his thirty. He's been serving the Kings for thirty-five years, uh, multiple roles as an assistant coach. As uh, I think he was, yeah, I think he was assistant coach, and yeah, he's the play. He's one of the play-by-play -play announcers. 
yeah, um, well deserved, and yeah, great to have you. Great to induct uh, Jerry Reynolds into the Golden One Hall of Fame. I guess. Yeah, we should make a statue of him. I don't. Uh, maybe well, one of these days, but yeah, like honorary member, thirty-five years with the team, and hopefully, you know, he has a ha- very happy retirement. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. So. Um, in to kind of end this episode on a bit of somber news that doesn't relate to basketball. This came out of nowhere for me. Uh, Luke Harper in WWE and uh, Brody Lee in AEW, his real name is John Huber, uh, has died today. Or I don't know if he died today, but it was announced he died. And basically it was a lung disease that uh, is non-COVID-19 related. There are no details of what exactly happened just yet, so we're not going to speculate what happened. But you know, it's just—it really came out of nowhere, and it's just—yeah, it's sad to see. He was pretty young; he was like only forty years old, and mm-hmm. yeah, um, I, I don't know what to say. Yeah, me neither. I I got a text from a friend about it, and I was like, "No way, he's like." yeah really i have no words to say about it it's like you just remember him from you know the days of the bryant family why why when i say bryant what i'm sorry you were close you were close you know bray wyatt (laughs) i mean i'm brain farts now for some reason it it is late so but yeah the, the wyatt family and uh you know his time with wwe and you know it's sad to see because he what do I in my opinion like coming that kind of coming up of a wrestler. He was just because like in AEW he's been doing good work and you know like I was waiting for him to come back to like because he because it was announced uh, he had an injury and and he was you know the leader of the Dark Order and they were going somewhere with him it was actually getting very intriguing. And then, like for the past mo- few months, they, you know, the the Dark Order has actually been kind of stagnated because of his absence. And I was actually kind of looking forward to him coming back, but you know, it's not going to happen anymore. Um, so, you know, that's really unfortunate. And you know, hope the best for his family. A lot of wrestlers on Twitter uh, and wrestling figures alike are all kind of giving their condolences and you know, saying what a nice man he was. And now, do you have a, a Luke Harper or Brody Lee um, memory that you want to share or no? Uh, I'm going to have to search up that match, but I can't recall in the top of my head right now. Sorry. It's fine. Like, you know, it is shocking news. And But I will say, like, the my favorite thing he that Luke Harper's done is, of course, the Vince McMahon parodies. Um, of you know him, him sneeze. He how Vince hates sneezing, and he par- parodies that. And you know, like <laughs> him eating steak. Apparently, like no one is allowed to eat steak before to start on their steak before uh before Brody Lee does. It's a it's a Vince uh it's a Vince joke. But apparently, no one can eat their steak before, until Vince finishes his. So yeah, okay. it, it it was just it was really funny the, those little vignettes and. Yeah, um, I wish wish his family well, and you know, it's very sorry to hear that he just died out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, well, that's going to end it for today's episode. Um, we'll be coming back hopefully tomorrow. Um, we should be able to do an episode tomorrow before, um, yeah, and post by tomorrow. So, yeah, we'll, hopefully we can catch you guys by tomorrow. If not, we'll probably do something on Monday. Yeah, we'll see you guys later. <laughs>